Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Bill Salka. He is Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Eastern Connecticut State University and Brian Connolly, Assistant Professor of Biology at Eastern. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Eastern is launching a minor in hemp cultivation. It's going to be among the first of its kind in Connecticut with an eye toward expanding to an interdisciplinary major in the future. Dr. Sulka, let's start with you. What What's the genesis of this program? How did the concept first arise? So about three, two years ago, we had a retirement in our biology department. Our botanist retired. And I was talking to President Nunez at the time about replacing the position and had been watching the number of states across the country who were legalizing marijuana and thought it was probably a good opportunity to start a new program with the assumption that eventually Connecticut would likely legalize it as well and create a program so that we could offer an opportunity for our students to get training in this very new field and then go out into the into the workforce in a number of different positions. So we were very fortunate. We did a search for a new biology professor and we were very fortunate that Dr. Connolly um, interviewed for the position. We immediately offered him the position. He was perfectly suited for what we wanted to do. And uh, we were delighted when he accepted the position. So he started at Eastern last fall, unfortunately under COVID, that was his first year, but had been teaching at another university for several years. So came in with quite a bit of experience and hit the ground running. We applied for our hemp license, which we recently received. And so the program will be up and running this fall. And I guess there are kind of two tracks to this. One is the actual cultivation and the other is the the business, societal, political science implications. Correct. So um, initially, we're starting with a minor, and the minor will be in place um, by the end of this fall semester for students to declare and go into. And then over this coming academic year, we're going to develop an interdisciplinary uh, major with those two tracks. I'll let Dr. Connolly talk about the kind of STEM-based science track 
And then the other track will really, there actually um, will likely be three tracks. So the other two tracks, one will be kind of a business and entrepreneurship for students who want to go into the industry, but don't necessarily need to know all of the science behind cultivation. And then the third track will be a social justice track, which will look at policies and regulations and how um, the cannabis industry in Connecticut and in other states can really serve that social justice um, purpose, which is to kind of give back to those communities that have been most harmed by um, uh, drug policy and drug laws in the in this country. And and to his credit, this was really this is one of the driving forces uh, behind Dr. Connolly and his development of this program. So I'm going to stop talking and let him take over. With um, the the three tracks, you know, um, we'll have the the STEM based track, which will be really um, about the cultivation, the science of the cultivation itself. So we'll be looking at you know the nuts and bolts of you know, planting cannabis. And I tend to use uh, cannabis as an overall term because, um, you know, marijuana does, uh, you know, have a history that um, is maybe considered racist, the, the term. So I usually use the terms, um, you know, high THC varieties uh, versus low THC varieties. So um, the high THC varieties are, are what typically, you know, get you um, altered. And then there are these lower varieties that are um, either used for fiber or seed, or mo most recently we have another um, type uh, called high CBD um, varieties, which are therapeutic. It's a, it's a cannabinoid. So it is um, related to the THC molecule, but it's different. It doesn't get you intoxicated, but it does seem to have a very uh, calming effect and it's used um, to treat certain kinds of childhood epilepsy and and additionally, there's different compounds in the plants that are, you know, anti-inflammatory. Um, and then typically what we think of hemp is a, is a fiber plant that's been used for paper and rope and things like that. So the stem part will be looking at the, the growth of the plants and, um, you know, how to grow them, what type of lights, fertilizer, trimming, and then we'll go into the chemistry of it. And that will be more of the, you know, cannabinoid extraction and we'll also look at developing new strains, you know, the genetics of cannabis, uh, crossing different varieties to, you know, improve, um, you know, for the industry, especially in Connecticut and things like that. Um, and then really, um, you know, this is a, um, you know, a time of change and uh, having this new industry, um, there's this, this big space, uh, big uh, economic opening where hopefully we can get a lot of our students um, into this uh, industry. It's a huge opportunity. Um, you know, my former students uh, where I was teaching in Massachusetts, several of them are, are working in the um, Massachusetts uh, based industries. And, and one of them is actually um, trying to start his own dispensary. Um, so there, there is this really big opening and uh, which is excellent for student employment, but we should make sure that um, all the different groups of people um, have an equal access or, or maybe, you know, to this um, new economic opportunity. As we've seen with COVID, often when there's um, something that happens in society, there's a, you know, a differential response and different groups of people have, um, you know, uh, greater or lesser economic effects. This is, you know, a positive change in our society, but we have to make sure that 
um, all the different groups of people are um, able to enter the sort of the cannabis business space and are able to reap uh, an economic benefit. Talk about hemp in particular as a, a, a cash crop. It is a growing industry. Yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's hemp, uh, you know, as we know it, uh, the, is mostly the uh, CBD types are where most of the money is being made currently. Um, fiber and um, for grain or seed, uh, it, it's being grown at mass scale, but I don't think it's actually um, benefiting farmers that much at this moment. I, I don't know if the processing industries are, are really up and running. But the uh, the CBD types, which you know are extracted for the um, the cannabidiol, um, you know that's showing up in you know coffee, it's showing up in lotions and 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 um, pet food. There's even you know you can get CBD for your dog if your dog has an anxiety problem. So the industry is worth um, you know billions of dollars, and this is a, a federally legal um, plant, the hemp, uh, if it and CBD as long as the overall weight of THC is less than 0.3%. So that's federally legal. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we're doing state by state for THC, which is a different plant, and it's still not at the federal um, legal uh, stage. And so uh, Eastern is not going to be um, dealing with any of the high THC varieties at all. Is there the chance that might change down the road as as things liberalize even further nationally? Um, it, it could be uh, a, a direction we head in the future, but um, you know this would have to be legalized at the federal level. And if it, and if it's legalized at the federal level, you know we could um, you know very carefully and and uh, proceed with um, you know introducing THC varieties. Um, as long as, you know, it's, it's uh, cleared by, you know, the university's legal staff. How difficult was it for Eastern to get a, a hemp producer license from the Department of Agriculture? Um, the, the process of getting a, a hemp license is, uh, or hemp permit is not uh, too difficult. The Connecticut Department of Agriculture um, has the site. Um, it, it, since it's new, um, some of the requirements have changed. And uh, so that, that did trip us up a little bit, but we, once we got, um, you know, really uh, up to date with the, the most recent re requirements, we were able to, to get um, a, a hemp license. It just basically you have to, you know, map where you're, you're growing the plant and, um, and uh, just, uh, you know, basically state the varieties you're going to be growing. And then, um, which, you know, have to be pretty much genetics that have low THC. And then uh, once you get it growing, you have to send grower reports uh, once a quarter to the Department of Ag. And then there's, um, there's testing. Before uh, you harvest, you have to uh, have your plants tested to make sure they're still below the 0.3% the uh, THC threshold. So this will actually be a crop that will be grown on campus in Willimantic? Absolutely. Yep. We, uh, we have, uh, you know, our greenhouse and, uh, you know, our current greenhouse is small, but, uh, and we'll have some plants growing there this fall and the spring, and hopefully in the future, we'll be able to uh, expand our, our growth facility. How difficult a crop is it to grow? Um, if you're a good gardener, um, you can grow cannabis. 
Um, if you uh, are used to just, you know, fertilizing and, and planting seeds and watering, um, it's, it's not that difficult. Um, the, the one difference with cannabis that's different than a lot of our garden crops around here is that uh, most of the varieties are day length sensitive. So you have to um, shorten the days. It doesn't really start to flower until the fall. And you just have to make sure that you planted it at the right time. Um, but um, people have been working extensively on breeding new varieties and they actually have these new um, kind of self-flowering, these auto-flowering plants that just flower um, automatically when they're um, of the right size. So that, that's helped uh, make it a little easier. And, and even if you um, um, just go on some of these um, cannabis seed websites, they actually will have a category like good for beginners, you know? And so, so they have these varieties that are easier than other ones. Um, you know, they, they vary tremendously in size um, from, you know, maybe a couple feet to, you know, eight feet and maybe some of the fiber types are even taller than that. So, so the, there's a huge diversity in the cannabis uh, plant and, um, and different strains are, are uh, much easier to grow than others. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Brian Connolly, Assistant Professor of Biology at Eastern Connecticut State University, and William Salka, Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Eastern. Now, this is being launched as a minor, and this question is to either of you or both of you. What sort of classes are going to make up this minor? So basically, um, we're going to have to start out a... um, some sort of general lab science as a requirement. We don't want, um, you know, only biology students. We'd like to have the the minor to include um, students from several different majors. And then um, we were uh, thinking that uh, we have a a plants and society class, and that would be one of the the core classes. Generally, you have to have, um, you know, 15 to 18 credits for, for a minor, so about four four lab classes would, would cover that. And then um, I teach a, a class um, on the general evolutionary groups of plants called the bi- uh, biology of plants. And that would be another course. And then um, uh, uh, we have a, a chemist uh, who uh, specialized, has specialized in cannabis uh, chemistry. And um, he would uh, likely teach a course on plant biochemistry. So, you know, dealing with the cannabinoids and the extraction and and um, um, like hemp uh, actually, or can, uh, CBD varieties actually come in kind of these different flavors. People talk about them almost as like wine or coffee with, you know, hints of cherry and lemon and blueberry. So there's, a, there's all the secondary um, plant um, uh, compounds, terpenes that affect kind of the, the quality experience of hemp. So that, that may be part of the plant biochemistry class, as well as, um, you know, the CBD content. Um, and there's another compound called CBG, which is uh, being investigated as well. And that, that's really interesting therapeutically. And then, and then we would have the cultivation course, which would be, um, you know, a hands-on practicum where students uh, go to the greenhouse, they plant the seed, they grow the seeds, they, you know, use the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium fertilizers, um, investigate photosynthesis, uh, trellis the plant, trim the plant. Um, you know, investigate the flowers. Um, and generally, you don't pollinate the female plants. Um, you know, they have these new varieties that are all female. 
And so these, these highly uh, feminized um, plants uh, are, um, are what really make the cannabinoids. Male plants are not desired and they actually will lower the content of uh, CBD or THC. Um, so we'll, we'll investigate, you know, kind of the flowering, and then we might do our own experimental crosses and pollination under a very controlled environment. And then the students will go and we'll, um, you know, do the, the collecting and the testing uh, to make sure we're, we're under the um, 0.3 threshold. Um, and so, so that will be the classes that make up the, the minor. Dr. Selka, is this a trend in higher education rolling out the these programs for for cannabis production given the fact that you know so many states have now legalized and more are, are moving in that direction so you would think so but when we started looking at this a couple of years ago we were quite surprised that there weren't there weren't many formal programs um, even across the country out west where where cannabis has been legal for for many more years and I, I suspect the, the big barrier has been um, the licensing required. And so that's why we started with the hemp license because it's a fairly low threshold, but it's very difficult to get approval um, to grow the higher THC varieties. And um, as Dr. Connolly has said kind of repeatedly, teaching students on hemp plants really will prepare them to kind of move into all areas of the cannabis industry. So that's the reason we went there. And, and again, we started this process really two years ago because we were hoping to get out ahead of other institutions who, who might, when it becomes legal in their state, particularly in Connecticut, think about creating similar programs. Now, because Eastern is a liberal arts institution with the focus on instruction a little more than than research. Are, are there other applications here for maybe people not necessarily going into the hemp or cannabis business? I'm thinking people maybe beyond biology majors might be interested in this. Yeah, I'll start with that and then turn it over to, to Brian. Um, absolutely. So our, I really wanted to start this program in our biology department because it is by far one of the strongest programs that we have at Eastern. Um, they do a number of things very, very well. And particularly what they do is give students undergraduate research experiences. So all of the faculty at, at Eastern in the biology department have students working with them in their labs on their own research. And, and often students then develop their own research agendas um, as they become juniors and seniors. And that's really the one of the benefits of Eastern versus larger institutions. We don't have um, a lot of graduate students. We don't have graduate programs really at Eastern. And so all of that lab work and field work that, that faculty needs student support with, that really does go to all of the undergraduate students. And so, and as we develop this major, that's why we're going to have the multiple tracks so that students from really any other major, any other discipline, can get involved in, and potentially double major in this program and enter all different areas of the industry. Brian, anything to add? I hope that this um, cannabis, cannabis program uh, gets uh, our, our students from uh, several majors just, just interested in, in plant science in general. Um, you know, cannabis is kind of the, the hook or the, the attraction, but I just want to say that, you know, um, if you can grow a cannabis plant, you can, you can grow, you know, uh, food sustainably. 
and you might um, become interested in other plants that um, sequester carbon, you know, and maybe um, helpful for climate change. So, um, and also plants are, you know, besides cannabis are also a huge, um, you know, source, source of medicine. So um, I'm hoping that this, um, you know, program kind of uh, will uh, bring people in from several majors, but also open their eyes to just kind of the, the, the magic and um, the usefulness of, uh, of plants in general, just because, you know, there is this phenomena of, uh, you know, people, people are what are called plant blind or there's plant blindness and you hear in biology classes, uh, oh, plants are boring and, and I, I, uh, that really bothers me. Uh, and so I hope that, um, you know, the cannabis uh, program generates, um, you know, not only excitement for the new industry and the potential for jobs, but just, um, just showing how um, plants can be, um, you know, a solution to a lot of our um, social and environmental problems uh, in the world as well. Now, this minor program was just announced this summer, but I'm curious what the reaction has, has been so far. Yeah, we, we kind of released the information to the media and didn't tell anybody on campus. And so I very quickly got calls from my admissions office about prospective students who were calling them with questions about the new program and also calls from the registrar who, who were getting calls from uh, current students inquiring how they can sign up for the minor and ultimately the major. So we've had a, a very positive um response from both prospective students and our current students. Um, we have not heard much um, other than from the system office who thinks uh, the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities system office who thinks this is a great idea. Um, haven't heard too much from other institutions, but I suspect what they will do is um, look at the program that, that Brian and others create and try to copy it. Brian, have you been hearing from students? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've uh, gotten, you know, several uh, email inquiries uh, from mostly from current students. Um, and then um, just um, from, you know, one of the community colleges are actually interested in uh, in an articulation agreement, basically trying to see if um, they can train um, their students to just um, and after two years, if they could enter you know, our program and their students could be, um, you know, ready to go for a cannabis program at Eastern. So, um, so, and um, additionally, the uh, Connecticut Ag Experiment Station, which is not academia per se, um, you know, has, has reached out and said, you know, we're doing, um, you know, several things with cannabis. And if you, um, you know, want to come down and have a field trip, or if you need your plants tested for, you know, THC, CBD, or, or other things, you know, we do that as well. So the, the overwhelming response from students, other, um, uh, you know, educational uh, institutions and uh, research institutions has been quite positive. I know you're just launching the minor, but is there a tentative timeline to expand this into a major? Yes, so the minor will be in place by the end of the fall semester, and um, we've already begun talking about the major, and so we expect that, that that will be in place for fall of 2022. That's a longer process because it has to go through the, the system office and also through the Board of Regents, but we anticipate getting them the paperwork in the spring so that uh, hopefully they will approve it and it, it can be offered uh, a, a year from this fall. Give us an idea for 
for students who, who participate in this program, what they might use the knowledge they gain for. Certainly, there are a lot of opportunities in the workforce if, if you were to, to graduate and, and, you know, get a job. But, but can you go beyond to, you know, a, a higher level of learning, too? Are there programs available for, for cannabis production graduate level? Um, uh, actually, yes, the um, University of Connecticut um, you know, has a has a uh, cannabis program as well, and they do have some graduate students that that are investigating um, some of the properties of of cannabis and hemp. Okay, certainly a a growing field. He is Brian Connolly, joined by William Salka. Brian is assistant professor of biology at Eastern Connecticut State University. Bill is Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Eastern. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank you, Aaron. A pleasure. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.